What's up guys? Welcome back to the channel. I wanted to just real quickly promote our merch. We just recently dropped a new line of uh, t-shirts and we have a lot of options for you to pick from such as the, the 90s sweatshirt, the 90s tee, which is a nice vintage look that just matches. Looks so pretty, man. That red and blue color wave yeah. is so nice. I'm gonna give me one of those sweatshirts. Yes, sir. You, got, you got to, winter's got coming, to. man. Winter's coming. Got to. There's also the, the Give and Go FC shirt. Join the club, the yeah. digital realm, <laughs> join, join us. the club. We'll happily have you. As well as the tactical tee, which is our, our podcast logo on a t-shirt, a nice navy and cream design. And finally, our most popular design, the logo tee, which has our beautiful crest right there. The OG. It's the OG. On sale right now for $19.99. Look guys, if you wanna support us in any way possible, this is the best way. Please. That money goes straight to just supporting the channel, keeping the channel alive, helping us with our equipment, keeping our producer happy, the whole <laughs> deal, man. Let's go check out the site. It's on our website, thegiveandgo.com. The link will be in the description, will be anywhere on our channels, as well as on our Instagram shop. So go check it out, guys, and thank you guys for supporting the channel. You know how NBA players make, because he just said auto tune. You know how NBA players, like, there's a good majority of them that, that make music? Okay. Is there any football player? I thought there was one. Uh, that does music? I could have sworn there was one. I, uh, the, you know, the, you the, know the, I mean? Like, Damian Lillard does fucking, has albums, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wasn't there one? It was like a, people were making fun of it, though. There was one. This is going to take me a long oh, time to think shit. about. Oh, shit. It was, it was, uh. Because uh, I can't uh, remember. Sergio Guero. Was it? I think it was Aguero that released like a music video and shit. It was, it was a South American, bro. Oh, it wasn't like it wasn't like rap though. It was no, like no. classic Argentine or like Latino yeah, type music. Yeah, it was I like remember a pop that song. one. Yeah, it was like a pop yeah. song. The kid, the kid, con Aguero, papá. Escucha, mami. Esto es para vos y mis hermanas. Por las ganas que no puedo contener. Get producer like Red a look it up. young Aguero. That's weird, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's gotta be more, man. Then, no, there's one. There's gotta be more. And I'm not gonna remember it because it's in the deepest realms this, of my yeah, brain. Yeah. It's gonna take me a long time to retrieve. That, that area can't can be accessed. Yeah, right but there's another <laughs> one where it's like it's a rap song. Zinchenko? Oh shit! serial. Zinchenko had a whole had a whole bit as well as Holland. Holland actually rapped. There's a video. Yeah, there's a video where he rapped. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. It really shows you how young he is, bro. Cause this is just like six years ago. That's the deadliest striker in the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, would be a good people song. <laughs> it's always interesting seeing uh, athletes dive into a different realm like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, Music, yeah, yeah, yeah. movies. There's been a few that go into the fucking movie scene. Right, right. It's right. it's always bizarre to see because it can be so good in one field, but then ass in another, bro. <laughs> Have you seen uh soccer players play basketball, bro? It's some oh, of the worst yeah, 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 shit yeah. you'll ever see, man. I saw, like, Griezmann had, like, a segment, I think, with yeah. Steve Nash. And, yeah, like, Griezmann, you know, he, like, he tried. Like, he actually tried to shoot, but ultimately, eh. It's bad, know, It's bad, It's yeah. bad. Like, even just the basic form. It's like... Yeah, the form. The it, form is just off. It's insane. Like, it's just you, unnatural to them. Yeah, when you overpower one part of your body, which is <laughs> your legs... <laughs> What happens to the rest of your limbs? Yeah, they don't know yeah. what the fuck to do. Yeah, Although the funny. other day I saw a video of Pedri playing basketball, 
And like the comment section was just filled with comments that were like, this is the first time I've seen a footballer actually seem somewhat formidable shooting a basketball. Oh, so his form is, is, yeah. is good. Yeah, he's got he's got a nice little jump or two. Okay, he okay. actually looks like composed. Can take it to the rim, maybe yeah. a nice little drive. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can get in the paint. Good layup form. I'll take that. Yeah, man. I'll take that. So how we feeling, man? How you feeling? What you doing great, bro? We have an interesting period right now in the football world, man. Football's back. Football's back. Football's back at least in Germany, England, and France. Yeah. Spain and yeah. Italy will join them next yeah. week. So we're back. Yeah, baby. South America's going strong. Yeah. Uh North America's in it as well. Yeah. It's starting to get back into back into rhythm. And I mean, bro, we got the globe uh, at our disposal right now. Where you want to go? I, I I would like to take this time right now and I wanna go ahead. And congratulate Bayern Munich on winning their 11th <laughs> Bundesliga title. Yeah. Yeah. A hard fought yeah. journey. Also, the record. The record by winning it the earliest in the season. It's only been one game. Yeah. And it's done. Yeah. That was like 60 minutes, bro. <laughs> it was 60 minutes in the middle of that fucking game. They, already won, game, they gave them the title. Like, yeah, yeah. Bayern, here's your 11th yeah. title. Like, the trophy, I think, was already there because it was their last Good season. God, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they don't got to change shit, They don't have to change anything. Yeah. Congratulations to him, man. Um, that game, so I actually watched the game against Frankfurt, oh, and I was excited. You were in Germany. Oh, I was shit. I was in Germany, you know, just sitting on my couch having a good time. I was very excited about this game because obviously Frankfurt are the Europa League winners, and I was like, okay, they have the exact same team, and it was almost the exact same lineup, except they added Mario Gotze. Oh, right? nice. Yeah, a German nice. legend who's trying to be. Re- I, didn't, I didn't hear about that trend. Yeah, oh, very shit. low key. Very yeah. low key. He's been trying to basically rebuild, rebrand his career, right? He had a good season last year, mm-hmm. I think, at PSV. Um, and he get, gets the return move to Germany with Frankfurt. I was like, oh, that's a good move. Yeah. It's a good move for both parties. Yeah. Goethe trying to go back to Germany. Why not go to a team that's kind of on the rise right now that has some success? And Frankfurt, again, keep the exact same team that was so successful last year in that crazy Europa League run. And I was like, okay, I know Bayern are really good. I'm not expecting Frankfurt to win, but I was expecting to see a good game. And I saw the exact Opposite, Shit, bro. Man. The exact opposite. Shit. Within the first five minutes, Joshua Kimmich scores off a free kick. In my opinion, first off, it's a great shot, but in my opinion, the keeper was just kind yeah, of lacking. Overplayed it. Like overplayed he, like, it. Yeah, he expected something else. He expected something. Ton of else, smoke bro. involved, from what I saw. There was. Bro, <laughs> there was. But but like when you see the vantage point on the field, the players can see. Yeah, like yeah. from a from an aerial point of view, you can't really see. But I think on the field you can. Otherwise, I think the rest would have said something. Been, yeah, man. It's yeah. Been, but it's been getting that, that smoke has been getting thicker over the years, bro. I feel like they are <laughs> starting to vape and shit. Like yeah, they're starting yeah. to add more smoke into that fucking field, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they got that goal and then it was it, the rest was history yeah. it really was what was it six one at the end of it it got to six i bro? think it got to six holy shit maybe it was five honestly i don't even remember anymore because yeah. it was just after that byron were absolutely clinical prolific in front of goal and they ran frankfurt frankfurt didn't didn't even have the skill set to get close to a Bayern player. Like if they wanted to foul them, they couldn't even do that. Damn, bro. Yeah, man. it was bad. It was really, really bad. And as from a Bayern perspective, look, I get it. I know they're a really, really good team. Sadio Mane looked yeah. really good, bro. Yeah. Just God, that hurts to hear, man. Mane. That <laughs> hurts to hear, but and it's a beautiful thing. Seeing it, it's no surprise. God. Seeing Mane just go off with Bayern and his debut Bundesliga game, it just made so much sense. Because honestly, Sadio Mane is one of those players, bro, that can play in any system. He can play yeah. with any team in any league and have immediate success. He gets himself on the score sheet 
for Bayern, and he was looking really, yeah, really I good. I think he starts on every team in the world. Any like, team. what team does he not star for right exactly, now? Exactly, yeah. bro. He's so, so good, so talented, so it just makes sense. Pavard got on the team sheet. Oh, for real? Musiala got on the team sheet, bro. Everyone, everyone was just scoring, bro. And it kind of brings a point of, like, this is interesting because there were so many different players on the, on, on the score sheet. And obviously Lewandowski, you know yeah. where to be seen because now he's in Barcelona. Yeah. So it brings up an interesting question of do do Bayern need Robert to be very, very successful? Was Robert holding them back? That's, a, <laughs> that's an interesting question. I don't question. know if we can go there yet. But, I don't but know if we can go there yet. It is interesting to see the variables and what happens now that that massive goal scoring uh, responsibility was yeah. was taken by one guy. Now it's now it's a team effort, man. Yeah, it, it's going to be still a team got, effort. Yeah, and you still got like Sadio Mane up top. Yeah, uh, Serge Gnabry up there as yes. well. Like, yeah. they still got really good talent. So. Sane off the bench if he's mm. not starting. You have so much talent going forward. But I'm I'm actually going to be be a little critical here. Um, I'm tired of the Bundesliga. Truly, for real, I'm tired of it. Um, I don't know if you saw the German Cup game against Leipzig mm-hmm. a week mm-hmm. ago. It was virtually the same thing. And Leipzig are supposed to be, what, top three teams in the league? Oh, yeah, they're top three. And I know it was only a two-goal difference at the end of it, 5-3. But honestly, after Bayern scored their third goal, they kind of checked out, honestly. They ran Leipzig, ran them. And I'm a little upset because it's like, come on. Like, like Leipzig, get like man the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Get on the ball. You're a professional football player, so I know Bayern are better. I know that, and I know they know that, right? I know that it's always going to be an uphill battle when you're playing a team like Bayern, but it's like, come on. You've been in the Bundesliga for like, what, six, seven years now. You've been one of the best teams in the league alongside Bayern for so long, and there's no real genuine progress to actually fight for the title. Leipzig are a good team. They've had good Champions League campaigns over these last couple years. And when they entered the Bundesliga, I think it was, what, 2015, I genuinely thought that I was like, okay, this team has the makings to maybe in five years overthrow Bayern. And where are we, bro? Really no progress has been made. Mm -hmm. Bayern just won their 10th straight Bundesliga title last year. And honestly, I think we already said it in another pod, they're probably going to go on to win the next five. Yeah. And it's just like, where is the rest of the Bundesliga? And I'm being overly critical here because, honestly, so many fans, so many people give the Bundesliga the benefit of the doubt. They always say this one thing. They always say, oh, well, if you take out Bayern, the rest of the league is really competitive. Yeah, they do say that. They always <laughs> say that. And it's, it's like they're trying to like cover their asses or something. And I'm, I'm tired of that uh, excuse. Because at this point, it's no longer like maybe an analysis. It's an excuse. Yeah. It's an excuse to say that the rest of the league genuinely cannot cut it against Bayern. They are weaker. They'll never be able to compete no matter how good they get. And I know you could say, well, what about Spain? I, I don't care. I actually have a very low bar when it comes to competitiveness in soccer. So, yes, maybe Madrid dominates, but Atleti and Barca always knock. Mm-hmm. Always. In the Premier League, even oh, though no. City have been incredible, mm-hmm. Liverpool have been able to go toe-to-toe with them. Go down to Italy. I know Juve had a long, long dominance, and finally that's over. Mm -hmm. Finally, but that's my point. It's over. Juve probably won't win another title for a couple years, maybe even longer, because right now both Milan teams are looking really Mm -hmm. good. Roma's on the rise. Napoli's been very good over these last five, six years. And Atalanta's been going Mm -hmm. off kind of these past couple years too. There's genuine competition. There's genuine like good quality, not just in the players, but as a team setup. Every other league has it. And, well, what about France? 
Lil won the Lil <laughs> won the league two yeah, years ago. Yeah, in the Neymar and Mbappe era. Like, yes, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then before that, Monaco won it in 2016 yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So every third year, someone else is winning in France. It's not going to happen in Germany, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it because if you really know me, if you really know how much I love the game, yeah. I always, always give teams the benefit of the doubt. Like, you have no idea how excited I was about Freiburg last year when they had their record-breaking season personally, just as their team was like, good. Finally, progress in Germany. I'm glad. I'm glad to see it. Or when Borussia Mönchengladbach had a really good Champions League a run, not yep. even a run, but yep. they were really good in the group stage. But then ultimately what happened? They, they couldn't get out fizzled of it. Out. They fizzled. And that's what's happening in Germany, man. There's so much talent, sure. But as, when it comes to like building a team to compete for the title, it's non-existent. And I, I'm, I'm tired of it. Dortmund, I gave up on Dortmund years ago. Years ago, because year in, year out, people were like, Watch out for Borussia Dortmund, you know? And yes, they have incredible individual talent, but when it comes to actually fighting for the title, every single German team, German team fizzles out by, like, what? Yeah, Just 60% mark yeah. through the season? Yeah. Sure, they can be competitive till Christmas. After that, Bayern takes over every single year. I do not see this year being any different. I don't, I don't care how close it is for a while, because like I said, Bayern always run away with it till it's like February, March. So at that point, sure, it can be tight for now, but the same thing is going to happen. And my question to the Bundesliga is, who's going to stop this? And I don't even mean from a player's perspective. I mean from like a board mm. structural mm -hmm. perspective. How is no one being like, like going like how is no one talking to the other 17 teams in the Bundesliga being like guys like <laughs> <can't>, <laughs> uh, what's your scouting team doing where are we getting we getting it wrong yeah, where are we getting what it wrong? stage like, where is it what, happening what do you guys need like uh, uh what, what, like can we try and invest in you guys like what do you, where, what do you guys need to help you guys be competitive against Bayern yeah. and it, the thing is Bayern honestly abuses the other teams cuz they always get their best players they get their best coaches and what team is going to say no to Bayern but i don't even i, I mean like truly like when is there going to be a team that says, no, we're going to sell outside of the country, not to you? That stuff, that stuff is where it gets weird That's for me, what man. gets really weird. The, the, how they got Leipzig's, one of the, what was it, Sabitzer, right? They got Sabitzer, they got Sabitzer and, and, then they, and then they got the coach. And the coach. That to me was, that was like a bad sign of, it's bad, that's, man. that's everything but progress right there. Yes. Wow. It, that's, it, that's really bad. It's really it's bad. It's toxic, man. <laughs> <laughs> it feels wrong, bro. It's wrong. But Bayern just do it year in, year out. I mean, they got Gotze, Hummels, Lewandowski at one point all from Borussia Dortmund and they're just gonna keep doing it yeah and it, it and that, that's my question is who's gonna stop this and again I don't even mean from like a like like a result perspective I'm talking organizationally who's gonna finally be defiant and be like no Bayern no more I don't know dude I think there's a number of factors here, but a small one that I thought of while you were just ranting, bro, was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a rant for was, me. Uh, I, I'm very passionate about uh, this because I'm pissed. There's very little pride in Germany, bro. Yeah. You know, because I'm thinking, like, yeah. something that's very apparent in the Premier League, for example, is the the pride associated to, to each team in each club and their location. There are rivalries in the league where it's so strong that they don't even do transfers between them. Yes. And, like, where's that... Where's that anger? Where's that hate? Where's that rivalry type of approach within the Bar the Bundesliga league? I don't know if I can even tell you who are rivals in the league, bro, because it's so non-apparent. And I think it's something like that would help invigorate these teams to be like, no, nah, fuck you, Bayern, at least the ones that are rivals to yeah. him. Fuck you. We're not even going to touch you. We're not even going to negotiate with yes. you. You see in the Premier League how Gabriel Jesus went to Arsenal. 
He would never go to Manchester United. No. Just, and that was never even considered. Yeah. And it's just weird how that is. Does, that sort of like relationship doesn't exist in Bundesliga. It's yeah. like Bayern Munich just controls things. They oversee the whole fucking league and they decide what the fuck happens. And everyone's just like fucking betas to it, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> They're robots. They're, They're completely like, complicit in Bayern's abuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, bro. It's really weird. And yeah, we gave up on Dortmund a long time ago. But even if you still believe in Dortmund, look at their moves, man. They, they, they are set up to be that club that has exciting young talent year in, year out. But when are when are they gonna when are they gonna be a mature club, bro? When are they gonna go up one more step into that upper echelon and actually be a strong, formidable club that can maybe make it to like the quarters, maybe even the semis of the Champions League? They're not that, bro. Good They're point. not that. Right now, Borussia Dortmund for the past few years has always been just a round of sixteen exit. Yeah. That's their level. That's their mark. And until they decide as a unit, as a club, to maybe even be somewhat bold like how Leipzig was because they made it to a Champions League semifinal once. To be a little bit more bold, man. To not be so 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 ready to sell players. To not be about this this whole energy that they have. I, I don't like it because it's been going on for way too long now. If they're not going to do it, then I, I mean, I don't know who else, bro. It's, yeah. Le it's Leipzig and Dorman right now. That's it. Uh, we saw what Frankfurt happened. We thought they were good <laughs> thought, with how they man. won the championship. I was uh, the genuinely rooting for them. Yeah. And they completely let me down. But I, rec I recognized in that moment, I was like, this is just the state of the Bundesliga. It's yeah. constant yeah. letdowns. It's constant failure if you're not named Bayern Munich. And, and I know people are going to be, uh, again, people are going to argue, well, Dortmund have to sell. Well, then if they have to sell players to, main, to maintain their club functionally, then the Bundesliga is the problem. Mm -hmm. Then the Bundesliga needs to change something because if you're, if you're part of the top three, top four leagues in the world, you cannot have your next best team, Dortmund, be a selling team. Uh, yeah, you can't. You can't. you can't. And I know, so for example, Benfica, Ajax, they almost have to because they're not in the top five leagues. They don't get that same revenue. If the Bundesliga mark themselves and if critics mark the Bundesliga's top three, top four league in the world, you have to have more than one team that thinks long term. Yeah. I am incredibly optimistic when it comes to football. Anytime I see an inkling of progress, I, start, I put that team on my radar because I'm excited when a team goes against the grain and challenges. Haven't seen that in Germany for 10 years, but I, I will still keep looking. Yeah. But I, it's, it's looking grim. Yeah. It's looking yeah, grim I'll in check Germany. Back on them. I'll check back on them. But, bro, it's just the idea that 10 straight champions, like we mentioned before, in a, even in a corrupt league, that's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to do. <laughs> when the teams are paid to pull out, like the refs are fucking paid to like <laughs> make out certain results. Like even in a league like that, there's always an anomaly. There's always one team that just says, fuck it. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this out one way or another. Right. That doesn't exist in Germany right now, doesn't man. doesn't exist right now. Grim, bro. While, uh, while you were in Germany, bro, I was, I was over in uh, South America. Oh, yeah. South America, man. I was checking out what was going on with the uh, Copa Libertadores. Copa Lived this last yeah, past Copa week, right? Uh, and honestly, I enjoyed my stay, bro. I enjoyed my time there, man. I'm always reminded of the incredible atmospheres that Brazil, oh. Argentina can provide during this during this stage of the tournament. Mm -hmm. And I got some things I want to talk about, bro. Please. I got some things. I was watching the Atlético Paranaense versus uh, a Estudiantes game, yeah. right? Argentina versus Brazil. The only Argentina-Brazil matchup left. I was watching the uh, Atletico Paranaense game, and uh, it ended up in a 0-0 tie, right? But I was like, when's the last time that this squad was, like, in contention for the for the title, okay. right? Because I hear about these other Brazilian teams, but Paranaense, 
I don't I don't hear much about. Recently, I heard about them because of the Fernandinho transfer, which was, yes. by the way, great to see him back on the pitch there. Yeah. He seems really comfortable and actually plays a really prominent role for the squad, bro. Oh, yeah. He's a big part of the team now. They, like, needed that. They, yeah, like, yeah. They, like, needed someone in that position. Yeah, and yeah. here comes Fernandinho from Man City, yeah. the perfect fit. I was looking back, and I saw that in 2005, Bayanayense made an appearance in the uh, semifinals. Okay. And they faced off against Chivas. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> and okay. then I was like, no fucking way. Who won? And I guess obviously Chivas. And I and I looked at the away game for, for Atletico Panaense. What was their away game, which was the at the Estadio Jalisco against the Chivas. And I was at that game. <laughs> really? <laughs> I went to that game when I was 10 years old. It was the first time I went to the Estadio Jalisco. And the first time I saw Chivas play live, it was during one of our visits to Mexico. Wow. And we just got tickets to like the most immediate game. Yeah, you're just like, let's and go here. And it was here. that fucking game. No way. Uh, Chivas went into the game down 3-0. They lost 3-0 in Brazil. Okay. They come back home. Valencia scores a goal. Chivas goes up 1-0. Crowd was into it. I can attest to this because I was part of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but then two back-to-back goals by Paranaense gives them a 2-1 league, 5-1 on aggregate. Uh, Chivas gets a, a penalty at the end of the game, ends up being 5-2, okay. and we lose. But that's the closest Chivas, Chivas ever got to being in a Copa Libertadores final. final. And funny enough, someone who subbed into the game after halftime was Fernandinho. No <laughs> way. So I saw him play live too, man. Oh, my God. A young, probably like 18 years old, Fernandinho played in that fucking game, played in, in Mexico, played against Chivas, my squad. Yeah. And he's back here in the quarterfinals looking to win them the, their first ever Copa Libertadores. They're one of the few teams that hasn't won it. That's yeah. still in contention. Yeah. Wow. That that's crazy. How circular this journey is. <laughs> how less has been circular for you, bro. and like how like related it is to me it's specifically. Real, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's insane. No, seriously. Yeah. Coincidentally, that is yeah. insane. Yeah. That Chivas team that I've always that I always rave about on this pod that I like so much, like that era, two thousand. Like that. It was it was full on that squad with like Ramon yeah. Morales and Omar Bravo and all those legends. Yeah. Uh. So it's just crazy that that happened. Um, yeah, I, I like Paranaense. They've, they've created a lot of good talent over these last couple of years. Renan Lodi, obviously, being one mm, of them who went to Atleti. boy. Yeah. And um, I think they actually won the Copa Sudamericana, so the second-tier continental tournament. Oh, okay. I think they won that. In 2018, no? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was like, you know, like three, four years yeah. ago, but I think they did win that. So they've been having like a, you know, pretty successful last five years. So, hey, let's see what they can do here, man. I, I'd be rooting for them. What I was going to get at is that after watching that game, you don't see it. I don't think either of those teams are going to win the, yeah, the cup, man. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, see yeah. it. I didn't see it. I thought Paranense was better in the match, but they, they didn't have the, the killer mentality okay. that I'm seeing in Palmeiras, that I'm seeing in Flamengo, yeah. that I'm seeing in Mineiro. Uh, those Brazilian squads right now are looking so fucking strong right now oh, outside yeah. of Paranense. Oh, yeah. Um, but something fun that happened was outside of Brazil, was in Argentina, where uh, Vélez Sarsfield faced off against Talleres. Yeah. Hell of a game, bro. Yeah. Hell of a game. Ended up 3-2. But there's actually one, one uh, moment where um, Vélez is up 2-0, and I think they concede a goal off of like a header or some shit. But then the midfielder, the center attacking midfielder for Talleres, gets subbed in. His name's uh, Rodrigo Garro. The ball bounces out to him outside of the box. And he's just primed for like a bouncing ball coming his way. And just he's primed for a really good finish if he can hit it right, man. This kid's from Argentina. But it made me realize, bro, that if you're from Argentina, you're born with two things. 
the ability to fight <laughs> and the ability to put an insane spin on a ball, bro. Because he catches that ball catches with his left foot and he puts a goddamn spin on it to where it's not like a volley. It's like it's just a bouncing ball. So there's like this trickery to it. There's there's it's subtle. It's really hard to say because there's this heavy curve on yeah. it that just fools a keeper. And it's from long range. It was a goddamn beauty, bro. Wow. It was beautiful. And I was like, I was like, that was that was on Tayeda's bench. Yeah. That was just waiting yeah, there. Yeah, waiting. It's insane. <laughs> Unlock <man>. me. Insane <laughs> talent over there. Just it's it's it got me thinking because I'm like I'm like, Mexicans aren't born with that. We, yeah. we don't have that. But most nationality, yeah. like, if you really think oh, about it, true. just, like, raw ability. Yeah. Like, just yeah. raw instinct. You're yeah. right. I, yeah. That's a good, that's a good like, take. Like, to have that, that deep, like, this kid wasn't starting, man. Nah. Like, I was like, dude, I was thinking, like, what, what do Mexicans have? What, what does a prototypical Mexican footballer come with? What are their strengths? And I think for, for the most part, if you look at most Mexican footballing legends, physicality is a big one, man. Mm. We're big on physicality. We know how to use our bodies really, really well. Yeah. Um, I think there's also a level of technique. I think Mexican footballs are pretty good technically, yeah. uh, especially at the higher level. But I think also something just related to the Mexican, like what a Mexican is, is, is hard work and like a, 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 an ability to not be scared. And that's, that's the thing we see on the field, man. Yeah. Mexico's so well known for playing up to the opponent's level like every single time if it's a big team small team we always play at their level and that can oftentimes be a very bad thing yeah but it can also be a very good thing and you see that on the pitch as well and over in argentina it's just it's slightly different there's yeah. more flair you just naturally have more flair naturally uh, more technique yeah and you just mold a different type of player and so it's just beautiful to see man it's beautiful to compare how each country can be so different in the type of player they produce and this game specifically, Vélez against Talleres, had it on full display, man. Yeah, that's actually a really great point because I've been kind of seeing that too, I guess, more, more apparent. Because I've been watching a lot of Brazilian League and obviously Liga MX, and I've been really able to see the differences between mm -hmm. the two. And when I get out of the Brazilian League is that like even the mid-table teams that can't compete against, like for example, Flamengo, Mineiro, or Palmeiras, yeah. let's take a mid-table Brazilian team. All 11 of their players have exceptional technique on the ball, just naturally. Where they falter against teams like Flamengo and stuff like that is teamwork. Mm. And I, rec I recognize, I was like, it's why Brazilians are such an export to the rest of the world. Mm. Because a Brazilian by himself, very, very effective. Oh, yeah. And you bring Brazilians and you put them into like a really good team, even more effective. But again, that's, that's where the mid-table Brazilian teams falter is that they're not the best team. Yeah. But if you look at their skill individually, you're like, damn, like he's really technical. He's an excellent dribbler or he's a really good passer. Yeah. And you really see that they just naturally, the average Brazilian has way more technique and ability than the average than the average Mexican footballer, for example. Yeah, it might be opposite in Mexico, man, where, where the technical ability not, might not be as good, but there's a better understanding how to work as a team. Exactly. Interesting, Yes, man. that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, exactly. You get interesting parody, yeah. not in the same sense, though. Yeah. Like, you have really good technique or you have really good teamwork or really good physicality, and, you know, different leagues, different countries emphasize one over the other. It's really yeah, interesting to man. see. Yeah. Really interesting to see. Yeah, and that, that's that's the beauty of Copa Libertadores, man, because it's yeah. full-on South American goddamn playing style right, flair. Right. Everything that comes with it is – it's the most South American shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Staying in South America because I've been watching not Libertadores, but specifically there's a couple of moments that I thought were really, really cool or just really beautiful. So recently, obviously one of the more, I guess, low-key transfers, Luis Suarez – returning oh, home yeah. to Nacional in Uruguay. Yeah. His boyhood club 
And Nacional's YouTube channel posted a video, a 10-minute-long okay. video of them uh, basically celebrating Luis Suarez's return at the stadium, though. So you know okay. how like they show off a new transfer, and they just invite all yeah, the yeah. fans to come yeah. at the stadium. Love that and shit, they, man. Yeah, I love it. And it was this one was really, really beautiful because um, they had Luis Suarez come out with his family. So he had his wife, his kids, and they played a video. And this was one of the most emotional videos that I've seen, seen in it, a man. while. Yeah, I point here is I really encourage you, all the fans, all the audience to go and see this video on Nacional's YouTube channel because, bro, I brought a tear to my eye, man. The video is like nine minutes long. Okay. And you see pictures of like a 10-year-old Luis Suarez wearing the Nacional shirt. <laughs> and then you see him make his debut. Aww. Dude, it's incredible. You see like an 18-year-old Luis Suarez. Yeah. And then they go through his career, his highlights of his career, where he went to Netherlands to play for Groningen. Then they show his highlights at Ajax. Mm. Then they show his highlights with God Liverpool. Damn, man, you, see this, you see his career play out in this video. And you at that moment, I was like, Luis Suarez is one of the greatest players of all time, man. <laughs> Just from an impact point of view, what he's done for Liverpool. I think so. What he's yeah. done throughout his career. For Uruguay. The, for, for Uruguay. For Barcelona. And they showed, they showed big Uruguay moments. The moment in, against Ghana when he saves his country. Got to. You got to because that's pure love for mm -hmm. your country. You see these big moments like in 2014, 2018. Luis Suarez has given his life for yeah. his country, yeah. man. Yeah. Through sport. Yeah. And I was like, wow, it's. What a beautiful career. What a beautiful player. One of the most entertaining strikers that I think I've ever seen. And it was just a really beautiful video. I really encourage yeah. everybody to go see it because I was like, damn, what a player. And they named the video The Reunion. And damn, I, was like, I was like, that's beautiful, man. bro. Damn. Yeah, and he, he's back home to finish his career where it all began. Yeah, man. I remember I was hearing rumors that he might go to Inter Miami, MLS, or yeah. for a while it was uh, Serie A. He might go to Atalanta or these other teams. Mm, yeah. But then the rumor of Nacional came up, and I was like, it's one of those things that almost sounds too good to be true. The story yeah. would be too good. It'd be too heartwarming that it isn't going to happen. Yeah. And it just surprised me because he, he decided to do it. He really decided yeah. to go, go and go to Nacional, who's in the Uruguayan division, who is his boyhood club, yeah. and he just fulfilled like think I about the think, think about the fans, man. The, like heard that he was like on the market. Maybe there's that chance, but he's, he could still have two, three really good years in Europe. Oh yeah, you're like hoping for that, but you also know that he might be too good for you right now, even even still. Oh yeah, and something in Luis Suarez told him to 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 ditch Europe and go back. Go oh, home. Man. It was like it, it's a beautiful thing to see. And you're beautiful. right when you think about his career, man. He's had one of the most illustrious careers. One of the best, I would say, top two strikers of this generation. Yes. Last 10 years, he's in the top 10, top five, top three for me, man. I'm yeah. a big Suarez fan. Oh, yeah. And you're right. He plays with a lot of passion, bro. Oh that guy, has, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Yes, dude. And he's shown that every single game. And, hey, he's even done it for your squad, man, for Atletico, Atletico Madrid. Atletico winning, 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 winning a title, a title bro. bro. And it, it's beautiful. It's yeah. so beautiful. And he made his debut in the Copa Sudamericana. They played a game against the Brazilian team, Atletico Did Goiânia. he play? I saw it there in the quarters, no? In the quarters. Yeah. And he, he came on in like the 70th minute. He okay. was a super sub. And he had a great touch in the game that ultimately led to a near goal the player hit the post. 
But, but Suarez looked sharp. Just okay. coming off of the not playing for a while, he okay. looked pretty good. And Guna Guerra was in the stands. Holy shit, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has his phone out, like, uh, recording Suarez coming out of the pitch. He's so fucking proud, man. Yeah, he's so proud. He's so happy for Suarez. In that Nacional video, they had Messi record a message for Suarez. Oh, no yeah. No so way. you see a really heartfelt moment between Messi talking to Suarez Damn. through a video. It's really Damn, cool, man. Dude. Nacional went way beyond what they needed to yeah but it was perfect because what an emotional return home yeah and it's just i'm thinking about like man there's a time where he was an 18 year old kid at nacional yeah. like just playing wondering what was ahead of him oh you know he's probably scared but also like up for the challenge hungry hungry and then you see a video like the one they showed where you see every single moment like the the how important he was to not just the teams he played for but soccer in general bro. soccer in general huge Huge attraction in terms of controversy, too. Everything. Yes, he's like the man. Elvis of fucking soccer, bro. <laughs> he's been through so much. <laughs> he's been through, he's a fucking, yeah, he's a celebrity to this point. Because I remember, like, even my mom, who doesn't watch that much soccer, she would have a comment to make about, about Suarez and his biting. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He, he, he transcended the game, man. He, he, had, he had even like, Las Tias talking about him, bro. <laughs> it's just crazy, but, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Shout out Luis Suarez, man. That's a legend. Shout That's a out, legend. dude. And he's still, got another, he's still got another World Cup left in him, man. Oh, yeah. No, you know? we're going to see him. We're going to yeah. see him at the biggest stage one more time. And I hope everybody really gives him his yeah. flowers at this, yeah. at this tournament. Just to end the note down in South America, I want to make everybody aware of what's going down in Argentina. Oh, what's uh, up? The Argentine League specifically. What's going on? A rebellion. <laughs> wait, wait, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> A revolution. What's going on, bro? <laughs> Atletico Tucumán. Okay. I think 12 games into a 27-game season. Okay. So almost halfway through the season are leading the table, and they have never won a title in their 100-year history. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my. Where's River and where's Boca? I, I think they're like mid table, but the thing is, since it's let it's like halfway through, yeah. the table's tight. Fuck, it's really, man. really Fuck. tight. Like I think only maybe ten points separates like fifteen teams. You know, like Fuck. this. It's really, really yeah. tight. Yeah. But Atletico Tucumán are leading the league right now, and it could possibly create history here. Be, yeah, Something it's, it's, truly, truly special that. You know, nowadays, since football is so old, rarely happens where a team who's never won it actually wins the title. Yeah. So I just keep an eye on it. Dude, yeah. I mean, keep it, an eye on it. Root but, for them. But that's what's cool is that it's not just them. There's a good number of clubs here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That also have a chance. I don't, know if, they, I don't know if they've never not won it. I don't know if that, I don't know how, what that stat is with these teams, but yeah. There's still relatively less popular teams than Balkan River yeah. that are up for grabs right and now. And Tucumán just lost their first game of the season today. Shit. Yeah, it was just today. Shit, they were on a four-game winning streak. Yeah, and they were unbeaten for 11 straight. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, So they're they're hot right now. Have you seen them play yet? Or? I, I've seen two of their games. I actually okay. tuned into their last game, and it was a home game packed. It was oh beautiful, God, man. man. Oh my the, God. The, that town is like buzzing right yeah. now there's something special going on there and one of the players that i wanted yeah, to highlight who stood out uh the right winger uh, i forgot his first name but is ruiz rodriguez he's 22 really good player very good off the dribble just very good penetrator mm -hmm. very very threatening really like him a lot of flair i'm curious to see where he goes next in his career because he's still pretty young you okay. know he hasn't hit his prime yet and he's probably their most offensive threat for tucuman and 
He's, you know, on the best team right now in Argentina. So really exciting there. But not only that, there's actually some familiar faces that I wasn't expecting to see on no, this team. Who's there, bro? <laughs> no, no, no. No one like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> no one like crazy. But um, Carlos Lampe, the Bolivian no keeper. Yeah, he's the starting goalkeeper for them. And then I don't know if you remember this, but maybe some like diehard Liga MX fans would know. Okay. Vera Cruz's old striker, El Polaco. Oh, I've heard, yeah, 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 Cristian yeah. Menendez, yeah. El Polaco. He's uh, there's he's uh, he's one of the strikers on their team. Okay, yeah, Does yeah he start. Yeah. He doesn't start, right. but yeah. <laughs> but you know he right, he yeah. like comes off the he's bench, there, helps there. out the team. Yeah. He helps out the team, so he gives that veteran presence. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, cool, really, really cool. But obviously, there's still a lot of work so left much, to be man. done, and there's going to be a lot of passion. There's going to be a lot of emotion for this team, but they have every belief from me. To them, I, I'm going to okay. be going as hard as I can with this team. I will be tuning into as many games as I can for Tucumán because this is this is why I watch soccer for these moments. So let's go Tucumán. Let's see what they can do in this league, man. Yeah, it's scary. It's a rebellion, man. Yeah, it's rebellion. A rebellion. It's something's shaking. Trouble's brewing. <laughs> Trouble's man. brewing. Nah, I hope to see that too, man. I you know I love a good story like this. This mm -hmm. could be their their version of Leicester, you know, yes. in Argentina. Yeah, South America could really use that, and they could. At worst, maybe they qualify for Copa Libertadores. At worst, at worst. But man, I want them to go as far as they can. Can, man as far as they can all right, all it's right. gonna be it's not gonna be easy i know yeah. that if you don't mind um i want to go to north america right we, we oh, were just please. in europe then we moved over to south america let's go up north let's go north um some interesting movement happening up there yes dude with uh specifically with the transfer yeah with uh what was once a barcelona wonder kid ricky pooch ricky pooch has been snagged by la galaxy um and is set to join them and be a be a player in the MLS. Yeah. Ricky Pooch is going to MLS, bro. Ricky Pooch is going to MLS. 22 years old. We've yeah. been talking about... I actually posed this question to you off the pod. I was like, has the MLS pulled a player that is like in their prime and that isn't like on a decline, right? And you pull, and you said that uh, Lorenzo Insigne is probably the closest they've gotten right now in terms mm -hmm. of age. He's still like 30, 31. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, Bale and, uh, and Chiellini are like, you know, getting older, so it doesn't mm -hmm. really qualify. But mm -hmm. in their prime, we got Ricky Pooch here. 22 years old yeah. going from La Liga to MLS. Yeah. I honestly love it because I think he's going to be a great player. You know, I think MLS is, if you had to give MLS a weakness, it's probably midfield play. Just combining yeah, quick one-twos, yeah. uh, like true offensive build off mm -hmm. of midfield play. I think the MLS kind of lacks, and it's a little bit more direct. There's a little bit more uh, like speed or pace-based, dribble-based. So I think uh, you bring in a player who thrives in passing situations, I think he's going he's gonna to be a problem for most yeah. MLS defenses because he's going to be so quick off the pass, and I think he's going to be really, really effective. I love the signing because this isn't like a – it's not like a star signing to where people would be like, oh, let's go see an LA mm -hmm. Galaxy game because it's Ricky Pooch. It's more like LA Galaxy were like, let's bring in a midfielder that can actually make our team better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like this is smart. actually a smart, good signing for LA. And he's going to come in and make this team significantly better in their midfield. And I've been seeing online, uh, I see people that are saying that like, uh, oh, he's going to the MLS. Therefore, that means that you know, he hasn't played in Barcelona in a while. He doesn't really star anymore. So he's declining quality. Mm -hmm. My thing is, I completely disagree. I think he, 
I don't think he's declined at all. I think he just hasn't been able to play because the players that are starting now are fucking incredible for oh, Barcelona, yeah. man. You got legend Sergio Busquets pinned in that midfield. Pinned. He ain't losing that fucking spot. No. You got Wonderboy, uh, De Jong, secured as well in the midfield. Gavi. You got newcomer Gavi. Yeah. You got Pedri right there Pedri as well. Pedri just a little above. And, and, and they just signed Kessie as a defensive yep. midfielder. Yep. So, it's, so like, it's loaded, man. Not playing. That's, that's the reason for me as to why he hasn't been able to get that. To continue that progress that he was making a couple years back, bro. When he was playing at like 19 years old, he was in that midfield when Messi was still playing. Yeah. And he showed signs of, of really good potential. And that's what caught my eye. Mm -hmm. So to see him go to the MLS now, I don't think it's one of those he's washed up type of moves. I think he just wants the playing time and the ability to just shine. I think he's going to do both of those things on LA Galaxy and also right there alongside Chicharito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, he's going to be feeding him, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. And, and th yeah, that's actually the point I exactly want to make. So I'll just slightly echo it here is that I don't think Pooch is on any sort of decline. I just don't think he's good enough to be in Barca's 11. Yeah. But the thing is, since he's only 22, he could shine in the MLS and go back to Europe yeah. by the time he's like 26, 25. So, and, yeah. and I'm not saying he'd go back to Barcelona because Barcelona is always going to have like, try, try to have the best players. But Pooch's career is not dead by coming oh, to no, the MLS. No. And especially since the MLS, as we always say on this podcast, is continually growing and continually becoming a better league. He's not going to decline in form. Yeah. If anything, he's just going to improve his, improve his play. And the door to Europe is always going to be open, especially since he's already European. Dude, but you know what's annoying is that teams are like you know, of that level of like Barcelona's caliber of that name, they, they, they find ways to fuck you. Even if they gave up on you, if you look at Ricky Pooch's situation, they, they're still going to make 50%. They have a clause in the contract where they make 50% oh, off of any future transfer that involves them. Yeah. So they give up on the kid, right? They give him off to LA galaxy but yet they're going to find a way to benefit from him financially. And I see it too with Man City and <laughs> yeah. who they oh, sold, yeah. that every sell that they have has some clause in it where they can either get the player back if they want or they make a shit ton of money off of their future transfers. I'm like, bro, that's so annoying. Like, like they, they can, we can't even have that, man. Yeah. We can't even have the, the satisfaction of just having a clean, a transfer. clean transfer. There always has to be some catch to these big teams just getting their nails into whatever situation it is mm -hmm. and just taking the most advantage that they can. And this is a situation where they give up on a player, essentially. They don't need him anymore. Right. And so there's nothing for them to, to gain from him anymore in terms of like him actually playing for them. But on the on the office, front office side, they still do what they want. They have, yeah, it, solely just like, Think big company business. Yeah. yeah. It's just ingrained into the way that they work. And obviously I hate it. And But yeah, just kind of to piggyback off that, my least favorite thing in clauses is a buyback clause. I hate yeah. that. I know that's not in this case, but just in general, it's my least favorite clause. Because I hate it. Because you don't want the player. You're like, okay, let's make some money off this guy because we're not going to use him. We're not loaning him out. We're not hoping he comes back. But you're just, you're, you're, you're still slightly like, what if he does pop off? <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, you got the eye emoji just constantly yeah. just looking. Yeah, you're just constantly looking. I'm like, you shouldn't have the luxury of nah. being able to buy him back even if the other club doesn't want to sell him. Yeah. Because since it's in a clause, if they want him back, if they pay the fee, they get him back. Yeah. I hate that clause. I, yeah. yeah, Ricky Pooch is making it to the MLS, man. That's exciting. Exciting. We mentioned Chicharito really, really quickly really as, a, as a media outlet <laughs> that relates to Mexican-American fan viewership uh -huh. and obviously people all over the world as well. Right. There's a clip going around of Chicharito essentially 
throwing the Mexican flag to the side as he's giving fans autographs. Yeah. Looks, bro, it doesn't look good. It doesn't man. look good. It doesn't look good. He had, a, he had a video that he, that he uh, uploaded afterwards where he essentially was saying sorry, and he was saying that he didn't see it out of his peripheral vision. He didn't see that, he, that the flag had fell to the ground. He just kind of wanted to toss it to the side while he was occupied. Yeah. And I saw it, man. I'm, I'm going to no. just be honest with y'all, right? Since I saw the videos, I don't buy it, man. I don't buy it. It was weirdly personal. I think there's some weird riff between him and Tata Martino right now. And uh, it's just interesting, man. It's interesting. He's one of the greatest Mexican footballs of all time. The leading score for us internationally. And it's pretty clear to Tata that he is not going to call him up. And so maybe there's this weird energy that Chicharito has not just with Tata, but with the country in, in general. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing the video, it's, for me, it's clear it's deliberate. You see Chicharito look at the flag for a split second, and you can see he makes a decision. Yeah. And that decision is to be like, nah. And he just throws <laughs> it away. And that's Weird, what really bro. got me. Weird. Um, second thing, though, is my first reaction emotionally was, feel bad for Cheech. Yeah. I feel bad. Yeah. Because, as you just said, he is a Mexican legend at this point. And to just not even be like in the talks of, hey, we could use your presence at the World Cup. Not even be in those talks. Considering that he actually has been pretty good for LA, it's not like he's playing bad because he's not, you know? To just not even be in talks? It's weird, man. That's weird. It's really weird, especially when you think, yeah, you mentioned he's been okay for LA Galaxy lately, but the emotional aspect, like he's a, he's a leader out there. He's, he's, he, has, he infuses the squad with so much energy yeah. just through that childlike excitement that he plays with. Yeah. To just... Throw, to just not even consider those options when when Tata is managing a lifeless Mexican squad that <laughs> could use either the technical ability from Chicharito or the emotional the ability. The passion. The passion? Weird, bro. Weird. It feels like, uh, like fucking Tata's like Voldemort, man. And he's just like, yeah. he's just grim and he just wants death <laughs> upon the Mexican nation. Mm. It's weird, man. And, and it, yeah, I agree. It makes me sad to see Cheech like this. And yeah, no, it does. But what's even crazier about this is that Jimenez got injured a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, and he might he might not make it in time for the World Cup to be like at peak physicality because I think he's out for minimum like a month or two I think months, it's like, a mu- like a month. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. Wolves played today and he didn't start, so he wasn't even on, yeah, he, he wasn't even there. On, he's, yeah. he's he's injured. Yeah, and so it's just like well then, other than Santi Jimenez. That's really the only one I would consider. Something Who is your other striker? Yeah. Like, obviously, you have Funes Mori, but you need, like, two, three strikers. Yeah. Next has to be Chicharito in that picking order. It has to be. Over, but, like, Henry Martin yeah, and Funes Mori. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so, so I'm just like, it, it, it's getting to the point where it's not even, like, a, a tactical decision. If Tata doesn't consider Chicharito at this point with a injured Jimenez, this is personal. Yeah. Yeah, this is it's personal. like Ziyech and uh, the Moroccan, the Moroccan coach. coach. There's something, there's something weird going on behind the scenes that we don't yeah. know about. What if, <laughs> what if Vela, since he lives in LA, talked to Chicharito was like, "Hey man," <laughs> <laughs> he like seeded this like bad Mexican yeah. idea into him, and Chicharito's like man. falling for it. I, man, that boy Vela frustrates me, man. He's balling out in bro. the goddamn MLS. Dude, he's Fucking a god. Play, bro. Play he's for the international team. He's a god out there, bro. Yeah. He's just flicking balls over defenses like it's nothing. Yeah. His accuracy is pinpoint, and he's just not going to yeah. play this World Cup. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy, it's bro. It's crazy. It's really fucking with me lately because it's getting closer and closer, and I'm just like, 
seeing them like it's weird They're, they started performing better as the world cup is approaching too yeah. it's weird man. i'm like god damn it and bella's like this kid who has like this weird like uh idealism attached to the mexican national mm -hmm. team it's like a stoner almost and <laughs> he's got cheech right next to him now he's just like yeah man get on this shit yeah like, yeah 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 he's really like he's like i told you <laughs> 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 fuck man i know it sucks, fuck. Bro, it and, sucks. It, and it sucks looking back on that front three of vela chicharito and uh giovanni Gio. and just seeing where they're at now god, man god damn it man so talking about a european player going to the mls okay. there was a transfer of a player going from the mls to europe and i really like this one because i just like this player personally and I like the move in general. Tati Castellanos, the New York City oh, FC forward. Yeah. A guy who popped off Baller. last year. Ball. Baller, bro. Winning the title with New York and continued that run this year. Been New York's best player for two, three years now. And he got the move to La Liga. And I love it. Because he's not going to like a, he's not going to a club that's going to give him a lot of pressure that's going to require him to immediately start scoring goals, he's going to Girona. So it's a team that just got promoted, virtually has no pressure on them other than, you know, survival. But I, I like it because, you know, Castellanos himself has been, he's had a weird career. Coming from Argentina, going to the MLS, New York obviously saw something in him, but it took him a while to adapt to the league. When he came to the MLS, he wasn't the star that he is now. Yeah. It took him a while to start scoring goals to understand how to play against these MLS defenses. But my God, did he adapt because he ended up being one of the most prolific players in the MLS over these last two years. And so to see him get this move to Girona, I love it. I absolutely love it because I think this would be a good opportunity for him to see the European game, understand what it's like to like train for a European club in one of the best leagues in the mm -hmm. world in Spain. He's going to be playing against top quality and he's going to be, be and he's going to be playing with top quality at Girona. And I love the idea of him just popping off in Spain. You think you think he's capable of it? I think he's capable of it. Will it happen? I don't know, because you know, Girona's not a very, very talented team when you compare them to the rest of Spain, but they're still very good. And I think Castellanos I hope, all I can hope is that he takes this opportunity to work hard. Yeah. If he does that, then I can see Castellanos getting even 10, 15 goals. And that's that a success. Savvy. No, double digits would be amazing. If he gets 10 goals, that's an immediate success for Castellanos. And I think that would propel him to maybe like a mid-table team. And I think that at that point, Castellanos could really just build his career. And, and I love the idea of that too because... He virtually started his career in the MLS at that point. Yeah, and yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. We see Almiron get a lot of success mm -hmm. in Newcastle. Why not Castellanos, man? Dude. So I'm, I'm really excited. Obviously, I have a personal preference here because I like the player. But I'll be rooting for him a lot. I, I, yeah. I'll be rooting for him. And I mean, bro, he, he's going to adapt quickly because, I mean, his last name already sounds Spanish as fuck. <laughs> yeah, Castellanos, bro? Castellanos. That's a top 10 name in football right there. It sounds <laughs> regal as hell. Yeah. I would love to see him succeed there. Uh, another transfer I want to talk about related to North America, two transfers, um, Jorge Sanchez to Ajax. Yeah. Seems like that's going to be completed. And uh, Santi Jimenez to Feyenoord. Yeah. Mexico's finally making some moves, man. Making moves. Finally, bro. It's, it's, it's been, there's been a drought, bro. A drought. A drought. Orbs. Orbelin Pineda <laughs> went to, is in Greece. Greece. And he just banged in a goal, too. But yeah. I feel like it, it, we kind of lost momentum on that sense, at least from Mexico's perspective. Yeah. Of players going from... From North America to Europe. And we're finally getting just two back-to-back -back moves that I think are actually pretty notable with the size of teams that they're going to. 
Yeah, man. I, I actually, first off, these came out of nowhere for yeah, me. Yeah. Like, I, there, I didn't see the rumor build up for any of these. I just saw the headline, Jimenez to Feyenoord. And I was like, shit. I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, I just saw him play for Cruz Azul. <laughs> like, damn. Uh, he's going to Europe. Yeah. Fuck it. I love it. Um, I like it because Jimenez has been on this, I'm going to say weird trajectory in the sense that, like, as soon as, as, soon as he made his debut in Liga MX, there was a lot of pressure on him, mainly because of the name, right? Jimenez, El Chaco's son. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but his build. He's a big guy. And for Mexico, having that big physical number nine, it's not really something that we've ever had. So for Mexico to, they're, they're, they're putting a lot of pressure on this guy to kind of perform. Yeah, they are. Because they, they want him. Yeah. They, they, they want him Once, to be successful. Yeah, yeah I can notice that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's noticeable. Yeah, it's, it's noticeable. Like, you can almost even the commentary, when you see Liga <laughs> Mexicans and Jimenez is playing, they're like, when he gets on the bar and when he's about to kick it, they're like hoping he bangs yeah, it in because yeah. it would just vilify the, the idea of him being a good striker. And we, and we need it, though. That's the thing, too. That's like, we're low-key hoping, like, shit, man, we kind of need you to, like, pop off. Bro. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No pressure. No but pressure, but We please. could really use you right now, Jimenez. We could really use we you. We could really use you, bro. Yeah. And the thing is, I think he's had a good, I'm going to say, like, last nine months. Yeah. I'm going to say he's had a good, really good nine months because I'm going to say before that, and the thing is, obviously, he's still very young. I wasn't convinced, honestly. But I've seen he's grown. His IQ's gotten a lot higher. His decision making has gotten better. And maybe he's finishing. I don't. I don't know about that because I don't. He doesn't actually get a lot of strikes off in general, mainly because you know he just gets fed a lot in the box. So his 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 chances are going to be off the cross, off the pass. Mm. But he's finishing and he's scoring goals for Cruz Azul. And this move to Feyenoord, obviously a league that's going to be very open defensively. If he can just get going. This is going to be very, yeah, yeah, very man. good for Mexicans Mexico. thrive in Netherlands, bro. Dude, yeah. We thrive up there, man. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited about this move for, for Jimenez. And I, 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 personally, I really hope he does pop off. And then talking about Sanchez, I like Sanchez, man. I think he's the apparent replacement for Chaka Rodriguez at right back. I think he's better. Rodriguez, I think, is just kind of maybe a little too old, a little too stale. Sanchez brings a little bit more, you know, youth aspect yeah. or maybe a little bit more skill, more pace. More strength. Strength, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's been very, very good for America, playing for several years now as their starting fullback. And for him to go to Ajax now, why not, man? Why not? He's just going to get better. He's going to be playing with excellent players, you know, probably one of the top two teams in the league. So he's going to be playing. Edson's going to be mm-hmm. there. It's going to be fine for yeah. Sanchez. I I'm a little worried about Jimenez. Not worried about Sanchez at all. Oh, for real? Not okay. at all. I think yeah. he's going to fit into the team really well because he himself, his style is dynamic, and that only works in the Netherlands. Yeah, I really hope it's one of those situations where he's there for a few years and his value goes up, mm. his, his just technique and experience goes up, and he becomes that that solidified option for us at the right back position um, and just holds that position for the long term. That'd be great. I was actually I was surprised by a transfer because – I felt like he was kind of on everyone's radar a couple years ago. Like he was really starting to make that noise around the league, being a younger player, um, showing signs of greatness in that position. Uh, but he just stayed put in America, and he just kind of stayed there for a while. And I, I think he overstayed his stay a little bit. I feel like he's, <laughs> okay. he's been in the IMX maybe a year or two too long. But at the end of the day, I'm glad he finally made the move because, like I said at the beginning, any move from from North America to Europe for a Mexican right now is super impactful and super important because while we're doing this, USA is just churning out players to Europe now, man. They're getting a they're getting ahead in that category, man. I'm not even gonna yeah, lie. Yeah. And so to see this happen is just it's nice, man. It's nice. It's a it's a sign that we're not staying super stagnant, 
and that there's some sort of uh, pressure being put on the future of these players. And so yeah. good to see, man. I hope for the best, and uh, we'll keep updated with them. Yeah, and uh, another Mexican transfer that I actually kind of want to talk about oh, who else? is this one's Europe to Europe, which is interesting. It's both negative and positive in mind. Diego Lainez mm. loaned out to Portugal, going to play with Sporting Braga. Uh, this one's interesting. I say negative in the sense that at this point, I think Betis are done with Lainez. He's been, there yeah, for, he's yeah. been there for two full years. They could have loaned him out when they first got him to see how he developed and then bring him in. Instead, they're like, we think you're good enough to play. We're going to give you these chances. You're going to be on the bench. You're going to be coming off the bench. You can even start if you're good enough. They gave him a lot of opportunity when he came straight from America. Yeah. And he was there for two full seasons. And going into this preseason, they didn't even call him up. They knew they were going to offload him. Yeah. And he ends up going to Braga. And I think at this point, he's probably done with Betis. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I say it's negative because that was the club that he could have popped off at. It was. Like, you think about Mexicans True. going to, you know, tough situations. Like, if, if Linus had gone to, like, maybe, like, a Villarreal, that would have been tough to get into. A Sevilla, that would have been tough to get into. But Betis was the perfect, I feel like, environment for Linus to continue his trajectory. He was incredible in Mexico. Incredible. And he goes to Betis, and I'm like, this is perfect. This is the type of team that's very offensive. They really don't care about defense that much because they just like to entertain. Yeah. And Linus was an entertainer when he was with America. So I thought he was going to do the same thing, and he really didn't, nah, man. man. Like, nah. the opposite. Like, mm. we've criticized Chucky at Napoli, but honestly, when you think about it, they still trust him to come yeah, off the bench. Yeah, he still has output there. He still has yeah. output there. Linus has nothing in Spain. Nothing. So for me, I think his Betty's journey is over. He's going to go to Braga. It'll be an easier league. I think he's going to get a lot more playing time, which this is where the positivity comes in because I think this is actually a good move for Linus mm -hmm. specifically. Mm -hmm. Sure, his relationship in Spain is done, but he could, he could really start rebuilding his style of play, gaining, gaining confidence within himself in Portugal with Braga. So I'm excited to see what he can do there. But if he doesn't play there... Linus is done, man. Yeah. Linus is yeah, done. Yeah, it's a it's I think it's a good move. It's a, it's good, a good move. move, but it's a sign that his value has dropped. Yeah. It's dropped. And like you said, now it's his job to rebuild that value up to prove himself once again. Um, but that's this that's that's what he's worth now, is a team like Braga now in mm -hmm. Portugal. Mm -hmm. Like that's what his value is at. So can he get those minutes? Can he get the opportunity? And if, when he has the opportunity, can he take advantage of man? That's my biggest concern. Uh, will he show up for that moment for that stage? I'm hoping he does, but if he doesn't, then it's probably it's probably time to go back to Liga MX after that, man. I don't know. If, yeah. I don't know if Europe was meant for Linus at that point. Yeah. It's tough because he was he was projected to be like a Chuki level type of player uh, in yeah. terms of impact, yeah. in terms of ability to break lines, to force defenses into tough positions, and prototypically he's a player that we don't typically typically see in the Mexican national team. Small but nimble, able yeah. to get into tight spaces. They were calling him the Mexican Messi at one point, man. Yeah, yeah. And so, what, yeah. what's the Mexican Messi doing playing playing in Portugal, Portugal. man? <laughs> what's he doing, bro? Yeah, yeah. And so that that's where it hurts a little bit. Yeah. But I still believe in him. I'm not gonna lose faith. But he lost a great opportunity. I bet these with what so. was what we had thought was going to be the perfect team for him to go to after his time in America. So yeah. we'll see what happens with Linus. All right, so now I want to just revert back to Europe real quick since yeah, we are talking about sure, Europe. Uh, there's been a good amount of games that happened even just today yeah. with uh, League One starting back up, uh, Premier League getting fully in it now. Um, and a few things I noticed, man. But the first thing I want to bring up to you is 
did you see Messi's bicycle kick? I actually didn't. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> let, 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 let producer Red show you. I want to I get your reaction. Clermont is garbage, <laughs> but this first goal might be the best goal that I've seen Messi and Neymar have at PSG. Oh, okay. If, okay. if what Messi meant to do was intentional. Let's see it. And you'll see what I mean. So beautiful ball in. I don't know who sent that in. Ball comes in. Messi flicks it. It's a good cutback. Messi receives it. Uh, Neymar receives it. Goal. But look at this. Is this touch intentional? Is that intentional, bro? I'm shaking. If that's intentional. If that's intentional, Messi is. <laughs> and then the finish. The touch and the finish oh, no, is the ridiculous. Finish is, yeah, that, it's clinical. That's prolific. Tell, tell me that touch is intentional, man. I want to see it again. That was beautiful. Go back. Go back to that even shot. If, that even shot was if perfect. it is unintentional, the touch is sublime. Sublime. He twists his leg up just high enough to where I'm like, that, that's probably intentional. Maybe, maybe. It doesn't look like he's trying to receive it. Because if he was it. trying to trap it, he would have put his leg up higher. Yeah, yeah. So I that, love that's the first football, goal. man. <laughs> <laughs> I get so that's, much that's pleasure the out goal. of this. And then if you'll Messi's bicycle kick. Okay. Look at this shit. Paredes. Sees him. Oh, <laughs> too easy, man. La pulga, man. Dude, uh, the, the center backs didn't even try to track him. No. No, they they, the, the moment, he, the moment he brought it down, they just stopped. Yeah, they, they <laughs> that's a sign, bro, of the quality there. But, but <laughs> look, look at this ball, though. The ball's nice. Oh, no, no, it's perfect. No, it, it's excellent football, pinpoint passing, good ball over the top. Messi brings it down with that touch. I don't know if the defender could have done much, bro. No, nah, no, he Look how have. good of a ball that is. Jesus Christ. Honestly, great improvisation for yeah. Messi because he's like, my back is to the goal. So I have to hit it like this. Yeah, yeah. It's really good improvisation. I've never seen him score a goal like that, man. Yeah, not like never. that. That's why it's special. Look at him. <laughs> that pool guy. Honestly, it's like a Suarez type of goal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. PSG this year is something I want to talk about real quickly under uh, their new coach, Galtier. Yeah. I I'm liking what I'm seeing, dude. I really like what I'm seeing. This, this new PSG squad has Messi and Neymar looking fresh, dude. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's only been a few couple of games, but Neymar looks reinvigorated. He got three assists in that game today. Yeah. He had six that, all last season. Wow. So he's already halfway there. It's a World Cup year. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's man. a World Cup. Neymar, yeah. Neymar cares about World Cup. Yeah, man. man. Same with Messi. He already Same has Messi. a third of the goals that he scored in League One last year wow. with two goals in today's game. Yeah. So I I'm loving what I'm seeing from them. And they still have Mbappe. He still hasn't played under Galtier yet, so we'll have to wait and see how his role changes or what his what he's going to look like under him. But PSG in general looks great. You got Ramos finally looking healthy again. Yeah, he's actually like healthy now. Yeah, that's big. Huge. And they just signed Renato Sanchez. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They got rid of uh, of Genie. But by now, oh really? He's going to Roma. No way. Yeah, I actually bro. did not know that. Yeah, I he's didn't going see to Roma. That. He's joining Mourinho's project. Okay. And they get the replacement in Renato Sanchez Works right out away. for both parties. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a great move overall. And, you know, still got the quality of Marquinhos at back. Oh, Kempempe yeah. if you need him. Yeah. Hakimi playing incredible. And then you still have one of my personal favorites, Marco Verratti, man. Stud, man. Stud. stud. So <laughs> we had this conversation basically eight months ago um, where we talked about PSG trauma and everything. And somehow, like clockwork, here I am yet again, <laughs> sold on PSG, bro. No, man. No, no, sold. No, no come on. I, I, I'm, I'm, Remember I'm, your I'm, past. I'm, I'm letting the, the viewers know, man. I've been doing this shit since 2015, man. I have been big on PSG every goddamn year, yeah, man. Yeah. And this year is no different, man. Mm. No different, man. It's time. They're making a Champions League final. They're getting to that goddamn game. And if Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe can oh, just stay God. healthy... 
Yeah, they lift the trophy. I might finally get the closure I need. Wow. My opinion is I on PSG, I just can't have an opinion. It's what I've been told. Uh, from from what they've given me, from what they've given these past okay. six years, yeah. it's to the point where I'm just I'll admire the football when it's hot, and I'll just overlook it when it doesn't work. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. And it, it's it's to that point because yeah. there's not a lot of pressure in the French league since they're usually going to win it. Obviously, it's really interesting when there is another team that does really well. Mm-hmm. I usually focus on that team more than PSG when that happens. Got to. And when PSG have a good Champions League year, I'm in. When they have a bad Champions League year, I, I just say it's PSG. It's weird because yeah. I don't do that with any the, other team. But that's a true sentiment either way. Like yeah. you're right. Like, yeah, that's how that's how I am with that's them. What, that, that, if that's how their season ends out, then you're right. It, I accept it's it. just PSG, and that's what everyone says as well on Twitter and everywhere. It's just like this is who they are. <laughs> they're bottlers. They're chokers. They're yeah. not capable of doing it. And so yeah, until that changes, you don't have a responsibility to have an opinion. It, yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really Damn. weird because I do not give any other team that almost luxury, honestly. Yeah. Like this is like PSG have luxury yeah. in the point where I probably won't ever truly criticize them, even though they probably deserve it. <laughs> yeah. But that's just how <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. Um, one thing though that I'm it has rubbed me the wrong way about PSG is their new clothing sponsor, Goat. The wrong way. Yeah, it rubbed me the wrong way. And here's why. I, it took me a while to understand this personally as I like thought happened? about this. It's too on the nose. It's the equivalent of a movie breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait, go on. What do you mean? Because it's like you see Messi and he has the word goat on his arm. Yeah, we yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> we understand yeah. it. Okay. I don't need that word on the goat. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like if Messi had a chain that said goat. Like Messi would never do that. It's just weird. In my okay. opinion, in okay. my opinion, okay. and I know people love it. I, I love it, it, man. I know, I get it, but it rubbed me the wrong way. I understand it from a, yeah, it's almost it's almost self gratifying, like yeah. how how they are going about that. Of course, like it's it's too on the nail. I get that, yeah. but on the other hand, like we've never seen that in football. Yeah. We've never seen an advertisement be so on the nose. I'm tired <laughs> of seeing a team like Arsenal. Have a goddamn like Wii Sports ad or some shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's too yeah, out yeah, there, yeah, yeah. man. It's too out there. It's, it's too, out, too there. out there. I, I, I like that now the ads are starting to become aware of the game. Mm. What if like fucking Verratti got sponsored by a magic company? You know? Yeah, it's yeah. Like a magician. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, I, I would just love to see ads that are actually aligned to the taste of, of the squads and to the players. Arsenal That's- getting prime, right? Yeah. That, that's just yeah. a big internet move. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah true, true, yeah. true. So like... I'm I'm all for it, man. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Messi's the goat now. This is a goddamn statement. Like, right, how do you right. think Ronaldo feels seeing that shit, man? What the hell? Like, like it's just promoting Messi's goat propaganda even further, yeah, yeah, while yeah. also promoting a brand. I think it's genius, man. Uh, I think yeah, it's okay, genius. Okay. From, that, from that perspective, yeah, genius. it's genius. We gotta find the two players that have the highest amount of give and goes on in Europe's top five leagues. And we gotta sponsor those two players. For the the give and go sponsor sponsors the players with the most give and goes. Do give and goes. The best one twos, man. Yeah, that's yeah. what. I'm, that's that's. I love it, man. I love yeah, it from okay. a marketing perspective. Yeah, but yeah, at yeah. the same time, you know, I'm I'm in charge of TikToks and shit, so I'm always thinking like, <laughs> what gets the most views? Branding, <laughs> branding. Yeah. But the last thing I want to talk about now that we're here in Europe is that the Premier League got started back up again today, mm-hmm. um, or yesterday rather, mm-hmm. and I caught a lot of the games. I saw a lot of the highlights same. as we were preparing for for today's show and. Uh, Bro, it's like a, it's like a majesty, man. It's 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 the Premier League is back, and not as only back. It is so goddamn 
like colorful. It's like every team that I'm watching now has its own freaking kingdom, dude. Yeah. Even teams like like Newcastle, my God. Uh, they played at home today and they won 2-0 against Nottingham Force. Kingdom, bro. Yeah. Royal. Like the, like the fact that there wasn't a fucking king and queen sitting at the top it's of the stage watching the game <laughs> was surprised me, bro. That the fact that there weren't horses at the at the at the corners of, yeah, of the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all this medieval shit. Yeah. I was like, dude, this looks amazing, dude. Mm-hmm. You look over at even like uh Leeds, who had an incredible atmosphere today in their uh, game. It looks amazing, dude. It's so colorful. The way that the Premier League has gone about branding the league and just promoting it. It's it's translating to on the pitch and to the fans, man. It looks amazing. But more specifically, a couple, couple results that gave us indications of some of these teams this year, and I want to talk about it. Yeah. We'll go with uh, – with I just mentioned Leeds, bro. Oh. Did you see that? Did you see the highlights? Did you catch up with what happened I there? saw the highlights of the Leeds game. Dude, uh, it looks awesome. It looks The project looks awesome. Yeah. We've talked about it in this summer with yeah. uh, that American – revolution that's happening over there with the coach tyler adams and uh aronson joining the squad and who gets on board this game who saves the team who who gives them the game winner boy brandon aronson man your boy brandon aronson who bro taylor made for the premier league Taylor taylor made uh an incredible run in got fed by uh by bamford fed him in and he got the game winner the crowd goes crazy and Jesse Marsh gets a win to start off the season. Yeah. This team's going to be really fun to watch this year, bro. Super fun. The inclusions that they got, and we did the analysis when we did the transfer mm-hmm. window. Brandon Aronson has no fear. And he's oh, dynamic man. as hell, man. And you saw it today. You saw what he's going to do. He's go- he came here to start, and he came to here to have an yeah. impact. And that's exactly what he did. And then you still have Leeds players like Strauch. Uh, Patrick Bamford, yeah. Melier, you still have the foundation that got them to the Premier League still in this team. You bring in Mark Roca from Bayern oh, Munich. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you have Sinistera coming up mm-hmm. an injury that will eventually join the team. And Tyler Adams Tyler coming Adams in to replace. Well, man. He did. Coming in to replace Calvin Phillips. It's just good work. It's good scouting. It's good transfers. And you trust a guy like Jesse Marsh. You bring him in late last season to kind of save him from relegation. He gets the job done. You give him an offseason. You give him a preseason. And here they are. They go down 1-0, but they rally, and they win at home 2-1. And it was just a perfect way, as you said, to start the Premier League for this Leeds team because you're right. They have an interesting project to the point where they really struggled last year to survive. I can see this team comfortably sitting mid-table at the very least yeah. to the point where they will be comfortably above I that hope, relegation I hope, zone. I hope. Yeah. I know it's still early, but... It is, it that, is. That win today did show a lot, I think. And that's the cool thing about opening games is that you get a good indication sometimes of where these teams yeah. are going to be at this year. Yeah. Um, Arsenal, Crystal Palace was a game I want to talk about with Arsenal's offense, offensive system looks fucking incredible, bro. Dude. Offensively, they look so damn dangerous. They look clinical. And they just look capable of creating so many awesome chances. Uh, and defensively, they looked they looked better. They looked better than last year. They're still a little shaky, but Saliba had his debut with yes, Arsenal. Yes. Looked amazing, man. Yeah. And likewise, I thought Crystal Palace, I wanted to point out, because I was watching the game, I was like, I got to say something about this guy on the pod. Their uh, center back from Denmark, uh, Anderson. Anderson. Bro, he was slinging out balls like Tom Brady, dude. <laughs> he was sending so many goddamn balls out, and they were yeah. landing at the player's feet, at the player's chest. Yeah. And he was really good back there, man. Oh, yeah. No, he was yeah, really yeah. good back there. Really, I, really I, had, good. I don't know if you probably knew about him before me, but I, I didn't know about him. Mm. And I watched this one game, and I was like, oh, man, he's a standout. He's going to be great for Crystal Palace this season. Denmark has him. 
just waiting there for the for the waiting, World Cup, dude. Big, the, the great option to have. So excited about so many Scandinavian teams. But Anderson, yeah. Anderson's one of those points. Yeah. But to, to to kind of talk about that game, you're right. Those first twenty minutes immediately satisfied the idea that I thought Arsenal was yeah. going to have a good season. Oh man, because they of exactly what yeah. you just said. They have so many options, not just from a player perspective, from, but from a stylistic perspective. If you need a guy to create off the pass, you have Martin Odegaard. Mm-hmm. If you need a guy to just go off the dribble, go wide, you have Bukayo Saka. If you need a guy to just dazzle, be physical, make a run, you have Gabriel Jesus. There's a ability to make runs, dude. Dude. Good God. My, yeah, I know. He might be the best in the game right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a point... <laughs> There was a point like around the 10 minute mark where they're just absolutely dominating and it, they look like a they look like a video game. They look like yeah. they, look like they, they look like they're playing FIFA out there cuz <laughs> there's just so many short passes, so many inner combinations all in Crystal Palace's box. And I'm like, "My god, like Arsenal looking really really good." Um now I will say Crystal Palace got back in the game oh, from yeah. a competitive point of view. Mm-hmm. They really uh, that actually really impressed me because at that point I thought Arsenal would go up two three nil by the like the thirtieth minute, but they they didn't. Obviously they did take advantage, go up one nil, but Crystal Palace got back in the game and they got back in really well and they really really fought. For me, for Crystal Palace, I think it became kind of apparent that uh, they're, they're missing Connor Gallagher, man. They are. Oh. I, I think from a almost like a spiritual point of view, like Gallagher injected so much yeah. of his style into Palace's midfield. And I know he didn't create a lot from like a goal point of view, but his involvement is dearly, mm-hmm. dearly missed because they didn't really replace someone like that. And the thing is you can't really because they had him on loan. It's not like they were going to build a project around yeah. Gallagher, but it just sucks because imagine if Gallagher actually was – Originally, yeah, a pal player. Like for a year, they they were shown this angel. Yeah, like, man. Yeah, <laughs> like just came down from from heaven and just assisted them in any way possible. Yeah, and now that that presence's gone. It's gone. And again, though, they still had a good game. I thought Zaha took a while for him to get in the game, but once he started getting his touches, he really drew a lot of fouls, yeah. got involved, made good. made Arsenal sweat. Honestly, uh, Edward looked really physical mm-hmm. up top. So Palace have a lot of good points. Vieira has this team working really well since he joined them last year and had a good season. But yeah, I think ultimately Palace are going to, they're missing a couple pieces for them to like mm-hmm. maybe even break in like top seven, honestly. I'm going to be yeah. honest. And and to that point, one of the pieces that they got was uh, the midfielder Mateta. Mateta oh. for like 22 million. Yeah. But uh, I was watching him and I was like, damn, dude, the Premier League this is why it's noted it's known this way is is so physical bro yeah they had to sub him out by like the 55th minute and he looked banged up bro yeah dude banged up <laughs> and i was like oh god like it just showed me like it, 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 the premier league is just a constant reminder of how physical it can be mm. and dude, the pace the, the pacing, pace man, man. It, it's a lot man it's a it's lot. Been, especially when you're facing a team like arsenal like that is so quick and so uh tough yeah. to keep up with yeah. mateta was struggling out mm-hmm. there and he's gonna take some time to get settled into this league yeah. but that's who you have trying to replace gallagher who was already tailor-made for exactly. the league bro. exactly like exactly. literally uh nunez got on board today Got his got his goal today. Yeah, um, I, I saw that game in full mm-hmm. at Craven Cottage, and actually, that's a great to to go back to that very first point you made about stadiums just being their own world, mm-hmm. their own kingdom. You're right, like Craven Cottage. There's a cottage in the corner of the stadium, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. Um, or like St. James's Park, and that, that, yeah. that, that, that's what I want to get at is that the reason why it's like that is because if you really think about it, each stadium has a very distinct design. Yeah. And just just from an architectural point of view, it may not be like luxurious or extravagant, but they're just I don't know like the angles, the angles of that these stadiums are like yeah. designed at. There's something about it that's really stark, that's really just 
like distinct yeah. and you just you see it in at fulham at the, craven cottage when you just see a cottage in the corner of a stadium and it's just very very vertical stands right bro, the first guest we ever bring onto the pod gotta be an architect <laughs> <laughs> we just talked to him about like the structure of these stadiums what Tell went me, on here what the hell happened here <laughs> yeah no but you're right you're yeah. right the, the the way that these stadiums are built like st james park for some reason i think of it as being such a steep stadium yeah like the camera shot when it like pant or tilts from bottom up yes. it just keeps going it just keeps going because it's yeah. just it's just such a tall stand i'm like that's so cool craven cottage that that hosted a an awesome game for the Fulham fans. It was an awesome game. Yeah. From both perspectives. Honestly, I didn't have a lot of expectation from Fulham, but bro, they showed up. Mm -hmm. um, incredible, incredible teamwork from Fulham. Anytime a guy was out of position, they had someone covering their asses. Anytime they pressed, they pressed as a team. A good half press. It wasn't too aggressive to yeah. really get caught off uh, by Liverpool's pace, but it was just enough to make Liverpool really, really work. I was very impressed by Fulham, specifically Joao Palhinha, the Portuguese midfielder, one of their new signings. He was incredible. He was everywhere, man. He was defending at the back. He was joining in offensively. He was getting ball. He was yeah. uh, he was doing ball retrieval like nothing. He was incredible. And then when he would get the ball, he'd distribute incredible signing and I, I love it when a low-key team like Fulham gets a stud like Joao Paulinha yeah. because it's so under the radar and he's going he's going to go on to be probably one of Fulham's best performers of, throughout the whole yeah. season because he's just he's one of those guys where he's just going to give his all every game and you need a guy like that he's not going to score a lot he's not going to assist a lot but he's going to be so involved with this Fulham team he was incredible Mitrovic going a double today crazy man had a hell of a season in the championship last year and it looks like he's going to be doing really well this year in the Premier League Great if you're a Serbian fan because they're going to be in the World Cup. You need Mitrovic firing on all cylinders. Really excited about this Fulham team, man, because when, you, when we talk about the Premier League, we talk about teams being promoted and struggling, it's very common. Mm -hmm. But Fulham might, might be able to stay in the Premier League this yeah. year. They play like this every – I know it's going to be hard to maintain. They play like this every, uh, every game. I think they're going to stay. Yeah, no, and that's the difference, man. That's the difference right there between the Premier League and a league like Bundesliga. Yeah. They're never gonna face a team like Fulham. That's that's this low in quality compared to. Yeah. They're not gonna face a team like this, man. No, they're not gonna they're not gonna struggle. No team's gonna put them up to the test like this. Yeah. Maybe that one off game where they struggle every year. But Liverpool has to be worried, like going into games against lower level teams at their stadium. Like that's still a tough challenge. Like yeah. me as a Liverpool fan, I'm not totally disappointed in the fact that we ended up in a tie because Fulham showed out, bro. Dude, they showed up. They showed out. I can't yeah. blame them. Like they yeah. played great. They made us like. They made us struggle and sweat, and ultimately they had us chasing the the game, and by luck we tied it. So that's that's the sign. That's the difference right there. Uh, my biggest concern with a team like Fulham uh, and seeing something like this, I think it's a lot like Brentford last last year. We were Brentford started off the season hot, man. Uh, yeah, great, yeah. and we see it with these lower level teams. Can they keep it up? Because Fulham put out a lot of energy out there today, man. Dude. They were they were they were at the same level as Liverpool, but. One of the reasons Liverpool is such a great team is that is their uh, fitness levels, the ability to just keep that level and energy up throughout a whole season, Good fifty point. plus games. Can Fulham do that mm. in the Premier League? That's the biggest question. That that the answer usually ends up being no for these teams. Yeah. But if they can do it, yeah. they got a spot secured in the mid table so. of the Premier League, man. Yeah. If and, they can keep it up. Yeah, and my, my biggest worry that definitely is a big point. But my biggest worry is going to be the center backs. Tosin on the on the second goal, low IQ yeah. play. Very low IQ play. The ball comes in off the top, I think, from Trent Alexander-Arnold. Ream is there to get mm -hmm. it. He's there to get it. 
Tosin, for some reason, goes for it too. He's right there, yeah. There's, so you have two center backs going for the same ball, even though Ream is clear to get it. And then that leaves a wide open Liverpool player if there's a bobble. And what happened? There was a bobble. The bobble. <laughs> there was a bobble. So it's bobble. so avoidable if Tosin just stays on his man, yeah. knowing that Ream has to get it. Trust your player. Trust him. Now, if Ream was out of position, then yes, you shift over. Bad play. Yeah. Really bad play. And something that ultimately cost them a win. Yeah. Yeah. So no, yeah. yeah, I agree. And Tim yeah. Reams is like 35 too. Yeah, that's so, true. Like, he's so on his last he legs, bro. <laughs> we're yeah. talking about players having energy levels like. This. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. But man, I just hope I hope for the best because what today showed me was that the teams that were in contention from most, uh, you know, like analysis experts and stuff from Britain, the teams that people picked to be relegated, all of them did good except for Nottingham Forest. Uh, Burnmouth got a win today, bro. That surprised me. Uh, I had Aston Villa pretty high. They uh they got beat by Burnmouth today and Burnmouth looked great man yeah. they looked great they looked solid um they showed out in front of their fans in front of that stadium and honestly today look they looked pretty deadly when they were on the attack so I was surprised yeah. I just want to give credit to Burnmouth to Leeds because a lot of people were saying Leeds were gonna get relegated as well and Fulham because oh yeah man all these teams showed out today they really did yeah you come across as a very big Arsenal fan of yeah. this upcoming season at yeah. least you're very high on them uh -huh. that's me with Tottenham man. <laughs> I am so big on this Tottenham team. And what I saw today was exactly what I wanted to see because they scored four goals without a single goal from Hume-Min Sun or Harry Kane. That's big, bro. That's big. Don't look at me like that. That's big. Don't point your finger at me like that. <laughs> what the hell are you about to say? Southampton were oh, horrible. They're getting relegated. They're getting they're relegated. Bad. They're bad. Optional defending. It was shambolic. <laughs> it, was it was really shambolic, bad, bro. Really bad. Really, bad, shit, really though. bad. <laughs> <laughs> we got to give credit to that first goal they scored, though. The only goal they scored. James Ward Prowse was a great little half volley. Insane. <laughs> 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 Just get completely reverts to reporter <laughs> mode. James Ward Prowse with a, an astronomical volley. Uh, yeah. It was ridiculous, man. It was a great hit. It was amazing. Yeah, Janepo, ISO on the left yeah. side, gets down to the byline. Yeah. Great little uh, great little cutback in the air. Mm -hmm. Ward Prowse lines it up like he's hitting a like like, like he's hitting <laughs> driving a golf ball and it goes in the back of the net. Yeah. Tottenham down one nil. Thank you. That's, that's what I wanted. Thank you. That's all I wanted. And, and now we can revert. You know. Now we got yeah. Because bro, Tottenham had it was they were scrimmaging, bro. This looked like one of their preseason it games did. against like a second like level team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It was bad. And so I hope I actually hope Southampton gets relegated this season. Me too. I'm tired of the get presence him, him of the out. league, man. I'm tired yeah. of it. Finally, the last game that, that happened today was the Chelsea-Everton game. Mm -hmm. Chelsea gets the win, 1-0. Everton, I didn't put this out on the internet or anything. This was just me personally. Okay. But in my personal list of top 20, uh, the, the rankings of the Premier League, I got Everton being relegated, bro. They didn't do anything this transfer season to help them Nothing. improve. Instead, they sold. Yeah. And they sold some of their most key players. Yep. Uh, why is no one talking about this, bro? Yeah, I feel yeah. like no one's mentioning. People this. should be like, people should have been worried about Everton going into the season. Yeah, like, truly. Yeah, yeah. And I think they spent money in the past that allows them to have players on the squad right now who technically individually are good. Yeah. But last season to me showed that they don't have a good team, dude. Mm -mm. They don't. Offensively, they have nothing, bro. Right. They got the the English player, the twenty one year old. Um, uh, Gordon, Anthony Gordon up top, yeah. who's feisty, but I'm not gonna rely on him for a full season, man. No, not I'm not, not there with him yet. Not to combine into goals. Yeah, he's gonna be yeah. very good on the ball. Mm -hmm. He's gonna penetrate. He's gonna create a lot of havoc. But to actually have that output of ending in a goal, 
Yeah. I don't think Gordon has that. Well, he doesn't have the pieces around him. He doesn't have yeah. a nine to go. He doesn't have a that's nine true. to feed. That's true. But I so think it's going to be tough for Gordon to be effective in right. that way. No, he's good. But, but he's good. No, he's very good. Uh, definitely some CONCACAF bias here, but I think he's a bootleg Aronson. Yeah, very yeah, Very similar, yeah. man. Very yeah. similar. Scrappy, crafty, <laughs> energetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. British. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we saw the debut of uh, Cucurella, who came in mm. in like the 60th minute. Once the game was basically done, man. Because once it went, once they went down 1-0... Everton didn't show me much in the sense of wanting to get back into the game and really, truly scaring Chelsea. One thing I will give Everton is that they did play as a unit. And I was worried about Everton going into the season in the sense that I thought they, they would have this kind of negative mentality of who do we have to rely on? Who are we going to go to when we're scrapping, when we're fighting? And the answer was clear to me today. They're just going to rely on each other, which I think is very important. When you don't have a star player, you have to at the very least believe yep. in yourself yep. to compete. And I saw that today. So I think if you're Everton, you can count on your team fighting. And I think that's very I hope, important. I hope. No, I think you can. Because they didn't do that last season. Last season, they, they were selective. About but they did they that today. To they did that today. I, I saw an Everton team that fought. Now, the biggest thing is to win a game, you have to score goals. I didn't see that today. I didn't see them have any avenues, as you just said, to score a goal, man. Yes, they're feisty. They have a lot of, they have a lot of players that can, again, maybe wreak havoc Demarai Gray mm -hmm. but they have no one who's prolific not a single player man and that's I think ultimately going to do them in to have not a successful season but if you're an Everton fan I think the only thing you can count on them is that they will fight right so for example if I'm a Southampton fan I don't even know if Southampton can fight oh, okay. I, I don't that's even know that I don't even Southampton can do that but if you're Everton and you're in Goodison Park you can count on your team keeping it tight because ultimately it was still one nil maybe they get a corner and equalize yeah, right yeah. I don't know if Southampton can do that, but I know Everton can. At the very least, yeah. that's what this game showed me. Uh, on the other end, Chelsea kind of showed me that they, they have problems too. Yeah, they, yeah. And they have problems that we highlighted. What did we talk mm -hmm. about going in this transfer season? We talked about Chelsea not really changing anything. Yes, they get Sterling, who's, who's their best player today, but they didn't really change anything else. They didn't replace Lukaku. They still have relatively the same midfield. Is Gallagher gonna be gonna is Gallagher gonna be a part of yeah, this midfield? For real, man. I don't know. Yeah. Their for me, their biggest signing, honestly, other than Sterling, is Cucurella, who they do seventy five million USD. Oh yeah, I want to talk about that, bro. Want to talk about that? That's a lot but of I money. Got, it got ugly, man, with prices <laughs> range. It got really, really bad. Yeah, that's bad, bro. Well, this whole transfer, this off season was insane with numbers. It's bad business for Chelsea because like. I like Cucurella. He, well, actually, first off, I actually love Cucurella. <laughs> He's a great guy. He's a great guy. But $75 million for a guy who's not going to really assist or score a lot, that's interesting because I feel like Cucurella, Cucurella, honestly, is one of those players I think I could start anywhere. Dude, he's crisp. Uh, one of the most entertaining footballers from like a path. Like when I, I would catch Brighton games last year just to see Cucurella yeah. pass the ball. Yeah. He's that entertaining yeah. from like a technical point of view. From a business point of view, I think this is a lot of money. But I guess if Chelsea have it, why not? Because yeah. he's actually going to make this team better. Cucurella is so good on the ball, off the ball, crafty. Decision-making is really good. Dude, no. I love his in, like his incisive passing towards yeah. the center. It's, it's pinpoint. His accuracy is insane. He's like a De Bruyne, but like a wingback version. Right, his yeah. passing is incredible. And you see that when he's on the ball. I, I love it. I, I'm glad that he's there at Chelsea because it just means that he himself is going to put himself on that bigger stage. You don't mind the Chilwell 
Cucurella debate. What this tells me is that Tuchel doesn't like Chilwell ultimately. Yeah, I know Chilwell started today, but it's because they just signed Cucurella yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Cucurella still played. So ultimately for me, I think this tells me that Chilwell's not going to play, bro. And you saw Cucurella play, what, 15 minutes, and he already looked way better than Chilwell. Yeah. And I know Chilwell's a good player, but when you have, when you have Mark Cucurella instead, is going to be playing. And yeah. I'm excited for that. But ultimately, Chelsea played very individually today. Kai Havertz was off. Pulisic couldn't really get going. So I think Chelsea have a lot of issues to really to really think about. Ziyech didn't get on the mark at all today. He didn't play. So for me, Chelsea going into this, I'm just curious to see kind of what they do going yeah. offensively, man, because I'm not convinced. Yeah. I think the only concern, which is like a half concern, if I had to come up with one, is his output. If you look at his numbers, they're not as grandiose as the numbers of the left backs that play for the top six teams in, in the Premier League. Um, I think he had like one assist last season. Yeah. Like that was it. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the starting left backs for every top six team, they get around five. And I didn't see that from Marco Colera last year, but I saw that the field test, the eye test. The potential. You see the potential. You do, you do. And even today he had the opportunity. He almost got an assist. Raheem, Raheem Sterling was at the end of one of his balls yeah. that got blocked. Crazy by, defensive uh, block. By um, oh. Nikolenko. Um, so that's going to be there for him. And I think this season we'll, we will see a boost in his numbers. Absolutely. Yeah. It just comes down to, does Chelsea have a finisher that can be at the end of those balls? I don't know, man. That's my, that was my crit. That was my critique at the beginning of the season, man. I'm not convinced by this Chelsea offense. I'm not. They showed last year that this team can't score on a consistent basis against, you know, these type of teams. And they, they only added Sterling. And again, Sterling's great, but you need a guy in the box. You need one, especially at this level. So for me, I'm very concerned about this. But going to the other side of this Chelsea squad, Koulibaly made his debut today. Oh, yeah. And he was cramping by the 70th minute, man. <laughs> and I was like, like Thiago Silva's 45 years <laughs> old, man. Get your health. Get your health in shape. Yeah. Be in shape, man. Yeah. And I'm high on Koulibaly because he's me been too. so good at Napoli. And he looked a little slow today. Not even, not even from a, like a fitness perspective. I mean, decision making. Like, you could see he was struggling with the press that Everton were giving him. And if Everton are making Koulibaly struggle when he's on the ball, oh, think about like, for example, like a Fulham or yeah. a Leeds, or if you want to even go there, Liverpool. Don't City. go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Koulibaly is going to have to adapt. Yeah. And I think he he has the capability because he's an excellent center back, but. Um, I'm curious to see how long it'll take him to adapt because there might be some mistakes at the back for Chelsea in these first, like, what, 10 games. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode, man. Thank you guys for listening. I want to remind you guys to go check out our merch once again. Please. Support the channel. We have a new line of clothes out now on our website, Instagram shop as well. The links will all be in the description below, but keep up with us. Send me a DM on Instagram if you want to talk about anything football-related. Always happy to talk and stay involved, guys. We'll catch you guys soon. Peace.